welcome to the Let's Talk Autism podcast. It's me, Michelle Davy, and this is my bestie, my co-host. Her everything. It's me, Crystal Leia. My world. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at you like, what do I usually say at this point? <laughs> yeah, your mind went blank. You was mesmerized by my face. Mm, your face. But um, yeah. Christelle, excited because we are on our schooling episode a little journey back to school days but with a twist because we're not talking about me and you and our school days at all what no irrelevant your safeway days are over my friend (laughs) we are talking about autism we're talking about additional needs in the school setting we're talking about my experiences as a teacher (laughs) oh lord sweet lord save us all and but no we are talking to we've got so many guests after our recent um little what do you call it shout out to uh, our listeners to for guests to come on and talk about schooling um talk about homeschooling talk about this is all the things that are coming up on the let's do autumn podcast we've had oh my goodness so many guests asked to come on and we're going to try and get as many on as possible parents um autistic adults people with additional needs, teachers, professionals, everybody wants to come on and speak about additional needs within schools. So really excited today. We've got a new guest coming on, Christelle. His name's Connell. New guest alert. Love a new guest alert. We need like a sound for new guest alert. We do. We know what we need. We need some like little like inputs. If anyone out there is listening to us and they they do like this sort of thing, please help (laughs) us out because we're rubbish at this sort of thing. Um, New guest alert and he goes like, yeah, like, you know. Yeah, like a little drum mm-hmm. roll, but differently, yes. yeah. yeah. So we've got new guest today. His name's Connell, and he is going to come and speak to us. He's an autistic adult who was diagnosed very young uh, and yes. attended a specialist school. And awesome. now, and he's going to speak to us about that and his experiences. Let's do it. Let's go. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, welcoming on to the Let's Talk Autism podcast. This week, we have got Connell Scholar. Hello, Connell. Hello. Hi, Connell. Was you impressed I got that right first time, Connell? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> we pretty have, impressive. We didn't have any any previous takes or anything. No. Now, Connell, you responded <laughs> to my ad on Let's Talk Autism podcast that we've been inundated with guests that are coming on to tell us about schooling and we are so pleased to have you on today because you're your brand new guest a brand new contributor on the let's talk autism Ooh. podcast so connell tell us a little bit about your story first off yes absolutely so um i went to a special needs school they were the only school that would accept me um because i had like various like behavioral problems um so you know the schools that my mother tried to get me into they wouldn't accept me and then I went to then I went to Marketfield School which is announced to market special needs school and they were the only school that would take me on and the only school that would accept me I was non-verbal until the age of six I would say school in a way helped with like speech and language and um, helping me develop my communication skills uh, so yeah, I left school a couple of years ago now, which is pretty mad to say. So um, yeah, my my story with school is you know has had its ups and downs, like I suppose everyone really. And what age were you diagnosed, and what were you diagnosed with? 
So I was diagnosed with autism at the age of two, I believe. I had all the common autism symptoms. And like I just said to you, I was nonverbal until the age of six. I had clinicians, psychologists and uh, doctors saying that I'd never be able to talk or read or write or anything like that. So I'm glad to be here telling the story and proving them and I've proved them wrong. Yeah, we're glad you're here as well. (laughs) And did did you, I know this sounds like a strange question, but can you remember to the time when you wasn't speaking and sort of people talking over you a bit like, oh yeah, he'll never speak, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, um, I do remember a little bit of that because they say you start to remember things from the age of five. I suppose there's probably one or two memories. Um, I was age five and usually when I would go to school because the parking at the school would often be re- like really taken up. So my mother would have to like park at the side of the path and I would basically climb over to the driver's side and get out that's how that's how I used to do it every single time that was just part of my routine without fail my teacher at the time basically what happened was I mean it's funny like looking back on it but at the time it wasn't funny if that makes sense so basically my teacher was like oh you should try getting in from like the usual front side instead of trying to get out climbing over and getting out from the driver's side so that didn't go down very well with me at the time and um, I unfortunately kicked my teacher in the back of the head um we yeah I'm not I'm not I'm not uh I'm not an advocate for violence so don't do violence uh, <laughs> but yeah that was um probably one of my earliest memories I couldn't really express my emotions or or express my frustrations at the time I couldn't verbalize them yeah uh, so I so I would use I'd probably kick out and get frustrated because I couldn't express it or verbalize it and do you mm. remember when you were then moved from mainstream school to a specialist school it's interesting thing I was at a specialist school my whole life like from the oh, age right. of from yeah. the age of five to 16 I was at a specialist school my whole life and then when I left school I transferred to um, a mainstream college uh, so I did I did two years on a um, course called steps which works on like um, your communication skills it, work, it works on your social personal and mental development uh, so I was on a course like that for two years so it was about CV working job interviews that kind of thing and then I did a year um, on a main then I did my third year of college on a mainstream course which um I found hard to deal with mentally due to the fact that there was a big change um due to the people I was around yeah and I didn't really get on that well with the personalities because they were like proper alpha lads who loved going to the gym and you know and I and I I couldn't really vibe with that if that makes sense yeah. Uh, so it was hard for me to make friends in that sense at at the college, especially my third year. That was that was kind of hard for me to deal with mentally, considering my first two years of college were absolutely fantastic. So, yeah. yeah. And 
And how was your experience? What was your experience in special school? Because I'm just asking, because my son is five um, at the moment, and he's currently, um, I say they, I think they call it pre verbal now, non verbal, pre verbal. And we are considering moving him to a special school. So I'd like to know, you know, what your experience was of being in a special school. Okay, yeah, absolutely. I'm more than happy to answer your question. Um, so, yeah, my, my experience in a special school, uh, a lot of it was great. Um, I had a few ups and downs. I think uh, the when I was in primary school, that was probably the best time because there wasn't really any problems. There wasn't any, you know, drama that was associated with it. But the trouble, but the trouble was, I wouldn't want to put you off sending your son to a special school. But this is just from experience. From the ages of like ten to to almost twelve, I actually got bullied quite severely by a certain individual um he made my life hell he terrorized me he bullied me physically mentally socially emotionally and I was ostracized from my friends and I basically the school took I'm not blaming the school or anyone specifically but this is just from um, my personal experience that they took quite a lot it took quite a long time to actually take action on it and it got to the point where I actually wanted to end my own life and it wasn't a pleasant experience um, for me considering I've tran transitioned from year six to year seven mm. and that was and obviously that could be a hard transition itself because you know the work changes um, you know you get different teachers and you know you're in secondary school so you're um kind of a monster kind of monster big boys and um yeah and that can be a challenge in itself so yeah going back to my bullying experience I think it was hard for me to deal with it was really hard for me to deal with I think it did change me as a person and it just overall wasn't a nice experience but I, but I will say this though after my bullying experience, uh, things did start to get a lot better for me in school. Like I was making, I was making friends. I was playing football, um, which you know I'm, I'm a big lover of sport. Uh, I absolutely love it, and that was that was one of my that was one of my outlets as well. Uh, so yeah, I did find that after the bullying experience and things had finally got sorted at that time when they should have been sorted a much earlier than it should have been. I think either way, everyone has different experiences, different perceptions. You know, I don't regret being at a special school and I, you know, I'm quite proud of it, to be honest with you. And I think everyone that's been to a special school and has now left to um, go on with their lives should be proud of that. And that should be something that uh, they should look back upon with pride. And that's something yeah. that I certainly do as well. Yeah, you definitely should be super proud and we're just sorry that you had to go through that bullying because anytime we hear any stories of bullying, it's just a horrible, you know, it's horrible to hear, let alone yeah. being the person that actually experiences it. And I guess with the bullying, it wouldn't just be in a special school, it, you get bullying everywhere. So, I think yeah. as oh. well, though, I think you would assume, um, I mean, I would, I mean, this is, I'm, I'm not talking for everyone, but I kind of just assumed because Connell you went to a special school and because people would be I don't know maybe that's a really big stereotype that I've just made the assumption of that oh you know because you all have additional needs at that special school that there'll be less risk I mean it's it's one of my 
reasons that I'd like my son and that he will be going to a specialist school for secondary school because I get so worried that he'd be bullied in mainstream. But then, you know, it's just kind of a naivety, I suppose, in my part to think, oh, just because he's going to a special school, he's not going to be bullied. Yeah, and I do totally get that as well, because, um, you know, when you're at a specialist school, you're amongst people that are, I don't like your child or like me or like anyone else and that they won't get bullied. I mean, if you I mean, if you send your child to a specialist school, um, there is less of a chance of getting bullied than there would be in a mainstream school, for example. Um, I've known autistic individuals that got severely bullied in mainstream, but then went to a special specialist school and they thrived in that environment because of the um, because of the nurture um, of the teachers and the people around them. Um, so I wouldn't say it's naivety on your part. I think for you, um, I suppose um, that's just um, an expectation. Yeah. And, and how was, I mean, we you had the instance of bullying, which is just horrendous, but actually how was your friendships with the other children uh, in the special school? Yeah, um, my my friendships um, with um, within school were pretty good because um, towards the end of my like secondary school, so when I got into like year year nine to year ten, um, I would be playing. Oh, well, I used to play football like every single day at school. But um, towards the end of my secondary school years, I would play football less and hang out more with my friends. So I did have a have that friendship group and. Um, there's probably a couple people in my year that I still speak to to this day. Um, so there's probably about three people, three or four people that I still speak to um, on the odd occasion. Um, and yeah, I just think it's um, wonderful, that regardless of what school you go to, that you can make make those friendships, even if you just make one friend. Like that's all you need. Yeah, because say uh, Christelle's like my only friend from school now. <laughs> 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 so I put it like me and you, it's me and you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and um, your transition from special school to college, would you say it was smooth or was it a bit bumpy? How would you describe that transition? Was it really hard or was it easier than you expected? I know you said you did a, I forgot what it was called, step. Yeah. It wasn't missing. <laughs> I was <laughs> I forgot the name but was it easier or was it harder because we've had quite a few people and we've never actually spoke to anybody say about the gap from leaving education to go on to do further education and how the autistic services like services for autistic adults and for additional needs adults just completely like kind of goes right they go bye <laughs> do you know what yeah. I mean on your way is, is that how you've experienced it yeah, because um, the transition from school to college was quite bump was quite a bumpy ride, um, because pretty much as soon as I got into college, well, pretty much a few months into college, I had my HCP taken away because the course I was on, uh, they had the funding to be able to support me. But the only thing was about that is um, I could have benefited from it. Um, when I was on the sports course for my final year because I would have gotten a lot more support and I probably would have coped a lot better um, had I still had the EHCP um, or statement or whatever you want to call it these days Mm. so um, yeah it's supposed to stay with you until you're 25 isn't it I think I thought that was the the deal 
Yeah, I yeah, I thought so as well. But um, no, they clearly thought that I was capable and mm. didn't need one. Okay, I'm it's like, such a shame that they make that decision, but they didn't listen to what you needed. Yeah, how does that much. work as well, Connell? Like, because obviously at the moment, every year my son, you know, Asenko, like from the school, works with us. So then, when you leave school, what happens then? Do you get assigned somebody? Uh, so once you leave school, it does depend on your child's needs and um, and you know what support they would need because you know basically um, I don't know what year your son is in, but let's say he got he's in year eleven and he's about to transition into college. Um, I don't know if you have a, a Senko or careers advisor um, that would be involved in that process, and they'd be like, okay, um, what support what support does the does your child need? How can that be accessed? Um, how could the college support that? Um, so if you, so I think the only negative of going on one of those courses, such as the courses that I was on, is that can be very likely that the college will take your EHCP away if you're if you are on one of those courses because they have the funding to be able to support that. If you're on a mainstream course, for example, let's say like sport or I don't know, game and design or cooking, whatever, there is a high chance that if you fight as a parent, because parents have to fight for everything when it comes to STEM, if you fight for it, it's likely that the college will give in and allow you to keep the HCP. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Because there was just an area and I was just like, what? What happens? And I teach primary school, so I'm like, oh I don't really know any further up do you know what I mean it kind of gets and obviously because my son's only year three at the moment so it's kind of like and we've heard people mm. talk about it and being negative a negative experience but Connell I see that you're a real mental health advocate tell us a little bit about what you do and how important this is for you yes absolutely so uh, me being a mental health advocate I guess has shaped from my own experiences um my own my mental health problems and that's the reason why I do a podcast on it, because um, it allows me to um, share my story, verbalise, but also having guests on to have a general chat um, just about mental health and what they're feeling and their story, because it's, re- it's really inspiring listening to different people or talking to different people as well. And that's, and that's what I found from doing a podcast. I mean, um, I found different ways over the years to... Um, articulate um, my emotions better than I have been because as a man um, you do get stigmatized for having emotions and um, and I'm, that's something that I'm trying to learn I'm trying to get better at is expressing them where I, I mean I use exercise um, music is another one that I use to be able to articulate my emotions so sometimes I can write my thoughts down um, you know uh, put the pen to paper almost and just yeah. uh, spill away pretty much and uh, once I do that I, I feel a lot better for it or talking um, as well I yeah. do find that you know everyone should be given a free space to be able to talk and uh, verbalize their emotions and recognize that it's okay to feel what you feel it's okay to um, go through what you go through because um, no matter how big or small the problem is um if it matters to you, you know, that it matters to you. No, no, no problem is more or less valid um, than, than another person's because, you know, one person might be, might have a million other problems, but 
uh, you might have a small problem, um, but that that is just as valid as the person having uh, a million problems going on in their life. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, thank you so much, Connell, for coming on and speaking to us tonight. It's it's been it's been amazing speaking yeah. to you. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I really so enjoyed insightful. speaking to you. Yeah, definitely. And you yes. will come back, won't you? Like, you know, once it, this is a thing on Let's Talk Autism podcast, <laughs> that once you're snared, once we snare you into the Let's Talk Autism trap, that like you are here now, you have to come back. That's the rule. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I would 100% be up for coming back on the podcast again. I just want to say thank you so much, guys, for having me. Oh, no, thank <laughs> you for fine. coming. And you're absolute we... inspiration. Yes, oh, definitely are. And where can we find your podcast? Uh, so uh, I'm on it. I'm on Instagram. So uh, time out with Connell and Co. Uh, please do go and check that out. You can listen on the usual streaming platforms such as Spotify, um, Google Podcasts, pretty much all the standard streaming platforms uh, that you can listen on, really. So, yeah, Facebook page as well. So it'd be great to go and check that out and download the episodes also as well. When this episode does come out, I'd really appreciate it if you give that a listen and also also listen to the let's talk autism podcast because uh what you guys do is truly amazing oh thank you so much Connell. that's really lovely and uh you get i'll put all those links up in our bio and um yeah we can't wait to have you back on oh yeah thank you so much (laughs) thank you Connell. bye okay bye-bye Oh, wow, Christelle, what a fantastic guest. That was Connell, come to speak yes. to us. Oh, absolutely loved him. And I loved hearing about him going to a special school because like you said, Mish, we've spoken to loads of different people, but not really children, or not children, but adults now who are autistic and have had the actual experience. So it's just um, a breath of fresh air, really. Yeah, definitely. And I find that really interesting. I know after, um, once we'd finished recording, we had a good chat with Connell and he's going to come on and speak to us about that EHGP situation that actually like why what happens after you leave school because that EHGP is supposed to stay with you until you're 25 so why did Connell lose his EHGP and I know we have our secret moles and I think that's going to be a really good episode actually to be able to speak to Connell and Connell will be able to ask the uh you know our secret Senko and our secret EHGP mole about those things you know and and what actually should be the process and what you are entitled to once you leave school yes definitely yeah no really really great show and I'm, I'm loving these school school episodes and um yeah lots dun, lots more dun, dun. sorry dun, 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 dun. that was it we were trying to find <laughs> the other day me and Chris were trying to find out what the grain chill theme tune was <laughs> I'm gonna leave you with it <laughs> until yes. the next episode find us on let's talk autism podcast find dun, me. Dun, dun. Sorry. no I'm not starting yet <laughs> find me at the cockney bog girl find her at chrissy baby number 10 yeah her I said her yeah and find us on let's already talk said autism. it already said it you're so behind not even listening Did I'm you going really? now yeah I going now no not even listening bye-bye bye